Hello, good day. My name is Tolu Tokwedada. Welcome to the series on Revelation. This is the first of its kind, um, starting from scratch, from the beginning, chapter one. I'll just quickly lay some um, information out there. Uh, this study is, is going to be a long one, as we're going to take it verse by verse. So we're going to be mixing the expository kind of teaching and the topical teaching in the sense that we'll go verse by verse and at times uh, we will take a topic deal with it and use other verses aside the book of revelation to interpret that particular verse and i want to tell you that the best way to interpret the bible is to use the bible uh, so when culture or other truths uh, surface um, if they contradict what is written in the bible they have to bow for what is written in the bible uh, so that's it i think that should guide us through the whole um study and also i uh, need to uh, let it out there that there are four major interpretations uh theologically when it comes to uh the book of revelation we have the preterists who believe that uh, the book was just written about the struggle of the church against Rome at that time, at John's time. Uh, we also have uh, the historics, historists who believe that it's just a historic problem of the church, uh, that's church versus the world. Uh, we have the spiritual view. Some people just believe it is a spiritual um, story, it's an allegory, it's not a real story, just uh, spiritual allegory without direct application of actual and factual events and the fourth view is the futurist view I, I personally hold this view uh, we believe that this accounts for things that are actually going to happen um, in the future the events in this book are really really going to happen and as much as I hold the futurist view, I also um, balance the other views, which I will tell people. I also often advise people to do have a, have a, to have a balanced interpretation. You have to take um, a little bit from the other um, views. So I think that's enough uh, background uh, laid. And I want you to know that the Bible actually intends us to, for us to understand the book of Revelation. It is not a mystery book that cannot be understood. So I want us to get that before we go ahead. So before we go ahead, let's just say a word of prayer together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity to learn at your feet. We ask, Lord, that you shine your light on your words tonight in the name of Jesus. That these scriptures will jump out at us and the life behind these letters will hit us in the name of Jesus. We'll be blessed and we'll understand your word more in the name of Jesus. Thank you for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I uh, will be reading from the Amplified Version. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. The is unveiling of the divine mysteries which God the Father gave to him to show his born servant believers the things which must soon take place in their entirety and his saints and communicated it by his angel to his born servant, John. So that's one one. Now, the word revelation in Greek is 
Apocalypse, which means unveiling, um, the book is actually unveiling Jesus Christ, his relationship to the church, to judgments, to what is to come, uh, the route by which Revelation came to John is, is given here, is just from Jesus, and that's it. Said, blessed is he. Amplified version have something in bracket. Said, blessed in bracket, happy, prosperous, to be admired is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and who keeps the things which are written in it, heeding them and taking them to heart. For the time of fulfillment is near. That's Revelations 1 3. Now, this is the only book in the Bible that blesses its readers. It, this is the only Bible, only book in the Bible that says, Yeah, read me and you're, and you're blessed. No other book says that. And modern day Christians have been <laughs> running away from, from Revelations. Uh, could it be the devil trying to um, um, scare us away from being blessed by just reading the book? So please take time to study the book yourself. So as we read and study the book alone, it's an automatic blessing for us. So Revelation also falls into three genres of literature, the letter, prophecy, and apocalypsis. As a letter, it was actually meant to be read to all the churches in the province at that time. And as a book of prophecy, John actually said in the, in the verse he just read, 1-3 of Revelations, refer to that book as a book of prophecy. And also in Revelations 22, 18 to 19, Revelations 22, 18 to 19, um, we have it recorded as a book of prophecy. And also it's an apocalyptic book. Uh, probably this is why people run away from it, uh, because it talks about what will happen at the end of age. So, now if you study Revelation limiting yourself to one view, a preterist view or the historist or the futurist, um, is it limits your, it limits, there's a danger in that limits our understanding of the book because each each view contributes a better understanding of the, of the book itself, each, each view. Uh, for instance, parts of the book um, speaks to the events and situations occurring in John's days. Other parts speak to the events that are yet to occur. So instead of picking one view, I, I will also want us to stick to uh, a mixture of the four views. So Revelations 1-4, verse 4. John to the seven churches, and I have to tell you there are several sevens here. Uh, in the book itself, seven here, seven there, seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven openings, seven doors, seven lampstands, seven angels, seven stars, loads of sevens. Uh, seven is both logical and metaphorical uh, because seven is a, is, a, is a number of completeness, seven days in a week, seven colors in rainbow and, and things like that. So to the seven churches, verse four, that are in the province of Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits that are before his throne. Now, um, the seven spirits that are before his throne. I think the seven spirits, if we go to the book of Isaiah chapter 61... Isaiah chapter 61, uh, verse 1 to 3. 
it talks about the seven spirits of God, which is this. Just give me a moment. Let me just open Isaiah. Isaiah 11, 1 to 3. He talked about the seven spirits of God and listed them the spirits. Isaiah 11. Okay. The spirits of wisdom. The spirit. Okay. Uh, let's read it from the beginning, from verse 1. That a shoot will come out of the root of Jesse and from its roots. A branch will bear fruit, but with righteousness he shall judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions to the earth. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. So he's talking about us. They will come forth from this root of Jesse. I will know David is the son of Jesse. Jesus comes from the roots of Jesse. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, one. The spirit of wisdom, two. The spirit of understanding, three. The spirit of counsel, four. The spirit of might, five. The spirit of knowledge, six. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord, seven. So these are seven um, spirits standing before uh, the throne of God. And the Bible said they are resting on Jesus. Imagine if those seven spirits are resting upon you. Uh, trust me, the, uh, the, the, world, the world will be under your feet. Uh, may those spirits rest upon us in Jesus' name. So verse 7. Behold, I come in a cloud. Every eyes will see him. Those who pierced him and all the tribes of the nations of the earth will mourn over him. Realizing their sin and guilt and anticipating the coming wrath. So it is to be. Amen. Now, we're going to come back to this verse later, later, later in the chapter because this is actually looking at how he's coming back and we'll talk about that very much later. But he's coming back in the clouds. He's really coming. Jesus is coming back in the clouds. And uh, to some some verses to cross-reference this, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 to 17. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 to to 17 for the lord himself will come down from heaven with a shout of command with the voice of the archangel and with the blast of the trumpet of god and the dead in christ will rise first then we who are alive and remain in earth will simultaneously be cut up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air so we will be with the lord and now, First Thessalonians 4, 16 to 17 is saying, we'll meet the Lord in the air. Those who died on earth are going to be raptured. Those who the dead in Christ are going to be raptured first and meet the Lord, not in heaven, in the air. Meet the Lord in the air. And we've been hearing of people who died and went to heaven. When Jesus uh, was to die and on the cross, and people, uh, uh, the thief, one of the thieves, actually, the Bible didn't say whether it was the thief on the right hand or the left hand. But here in the part of the world, we've just we've given anything right uh, on the right side good, anything on the left side bad. So 
people said it was the thief at the at the right hand. It wasn't the thief at the right hand. It was just the, the Bible just said the thief by the side of Jesus. So um, one of the thieves said um, when the other thief was saying, oh, "Why can't you save us?" and the other one, the second one said, "Oh, please leave him. Uh, this man is sinless." And Jesus told him, "Today you will meet me in paradise." So when people die. Then they go to paradise. They go to a place of rest. It is from the place of rest that they will rise up, according to First Thessalonians that we just read, that they will rise up. First Thessalonians 4, 16 to 17. They will rise up to meet the Lord in the air. Because if they are in heaven, why are they rising up from again to meet the Lord in the air? That is where we will be with the Lord in the air. So, there is no, and, and I have, this, this has gone wrong. I mean, this has gone on for years in the, in the body of Christ. The saying that they saw a vision of somebody in hell. Someone's name is not in heaven. Someone's name is there. And I just, I just looked at it that when the Bible says they are resting, they are not in heaven. So we should be careful of, of some visions. Like I said, when they, when, when I said at the beginning, when culture or, or cultural beliefs or, or dogmas, when they come in, in clash with what is written in the Bible, the dogma, the culture has to bow. So there is no one in heaven. The Bible says those who are dead in Christ will rise up from their graves in para, from paradise where they are resting and will meet the Lord together with those of us who are on the on, on earth who are who are who are raptured and we can see people have, people can have dreams and visions and co in fact there was a time it was so rampant in, in the in the 90s so rampant of all these visions of people that they would claim they've been with the devil for 999 years for 666 years for this and that and they will be telling us all sorts of things that the bible is 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 plainly against so nobody is in heaven Nobody's in heaven. We will all get to heaven after rapture. When we we'll get to uh, when we even get to heaven, we'll look at that later. So, and we'll see later in the book that visions, miracles, dreams can come from the devil. In fact, the Bible says about the Antichrist or who we call the Antichrist. They're actually going to be two people, but we'll, we'll look at that later. Who, who, we, who we refer to as the Antichrist is going to work miracles that people are going to see him call fire from heaven live. But he's going to be doing it by the power of the devil. So miracles can happen, yes. But who gets the glory? Who is behind? Who is the power behind that miracle and that vision? So whenever you have a vision, you see someone telling you a vision that is in contrast to what the Bible is saying, please feel free to disregard those visions. So it's coming in the clouds. Revelations 1-7. It's coming in the, in the clouds. So the first stage a rapture is actually going to be in the clouds. Um, let's look at uh, another verse. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 52. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 52. It said, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of the eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed. So the dead, another verse is telling us that the dead will be raised. 
So if they're already in heaven, where would they be raised from? So the people that are dreaming that they, they saw someone's mansion in heaven and someone has two roofs on their mansion, only God knows if we do we need roofs, roofing sheets and things in heaven. Those are earthly things. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Um, I've even heard someone say um, there's a particular, a big man of God that he, the person is still alive. The man of God is still alive. And someone said they dreamt that and they didn't see the person in heaven. And so the person should be careful. Like, he's not in heaven because he's on earth. He's here. He's still alive. He cannot be heaven. So we just have things that um, we should just uh, really, really, really be careful about. So let's go ahead. Uh, verse 11. Uh, so I think we were on verse 7. Okay. Revelations. Okay. Verse 7. This thing is okay. Verse 7. So it's going to come in the clouds. I am Alpha and Omega, the one who is, who was, and is to come, the Almighty. John, your brother and companion in suffering and kingdom patient, was in the island of Patmos, and I on the Lord's day was in the spirit, and I beheld with me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Right on the scroll, the things that you see and send it to the seven churches. And here, that's verse 11. Here, it listed the seven churches. Um, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, and to Theatria. Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. We shall examine churches, churches uh, one by one and do a proper hermeneutics on them uh, in the next chapter. Verse 12. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. After I turned, I saw the seven golden lamps, seven here again, uh, and the seven candlesticks. Um, the seven candlesticks in the Old Testament tabernacle, uh, if you remember, uh, when Israel was God's light uh, uh, to the world, uh, in Revelation, the church has taken the, the place of Israel. Um, so verse 13 and in the midst of the lampstands, I uh, well, let me explain that uh, the church has taken place of Israel being the light of the world. The church is the light. We are the light of the world. Um, Jesus said we are the light of the world. But Israel has not lost its place. We're going to look at that. Israel is really going to be is still going to be saved. Bible has said in several places Israel is going to be saved. We're going to look at that in in details um, uh, in a couple of chapters to come. Okay, verse 14 now. Okay, verse 13. And in the midst of the lampstand, I saw someone like the Son of Man dressed in white robe, reaching his feet with a golden sash wrapped around his chest. Now, this is confirming that Jesus was not an angel. This is Jesus. The vision of Jesus is saying his hair, his head and his hair were white like white wool. And his all-seeing eyes, like a flame of fire, piercing into my being. His feet, like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. His voice was powerful, like the sound of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a two-edged, two, a sharp two-edged sword. Of judgment, his face reflecting his majesty and Shekinah glory 
was like the sun in all its power at midday. Now, John could only compare what he saw in this verse, in verses 14 to 16. He could only compare what he saw with what he knew, with what we know here on earth. White wool and snow. If he says something is as white as wool and also like snow, they are not the same. But he's just is just trying to compare with what we can relate to it. And uh, next verse actually still confirmed that's verse 17. Let's read verse 17 and 18 confirmed that this was actually the vision of Jesus. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the absolute deity, the son of God, the everlasting one living in and beyond all time and space. I died, but see, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of absolute control and victory over death and of Hades, the realms of the death. We're going to look at Hades later, actually. Um, this is one of the ways to prove that Jesus is actually God. Jesus accepts worship. When John had attempted to bow to an angel, the angel forbade him, but Jesus accepted worship. So Jesus is God. Um, and that's the pillar of Christian. That's actually what we believe of Christianity. There's a pillar of Christianity. Uh, verse 14 to 17 um, is actually the only verse in the New Testament that describes Jesus in his glory. Um, so John saw Jesus in his glory. And he says, so write the thing, verse 19, write the things which you have seen in the vision and the things which are now happening and the things which shall take place after these things. So verse 19 actually lays the architecture of, of the whole book of Revelation. Write therefore the things which thou hast seen in the past. That's the, 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 the glory, Jesus appearing in his glory. Jesus in his glory, Jesus has already been crucified and, and uh, is, is risen. Jesus appeared in his glory. That had happened. And what is now? So John is going to write what was happening in his days. And what will take place hereafter, Metatwata, take place later, after these things. Futuristic. So this verse has laid the architectural foundation of the whole book. The things which were, that's in the past. The things which are, that's what is happening in John's day, and the things which will happen hereafter. Uh, Metatwata, um, which means after these things, uh, you see that uh, actually in chapters 2 and 3. Um, so, chapter 1 is the things that had happened in the past. Chapters 2 and 3, the things which were happening in John's day, and chapters 4 through 22, the things that will happen after. And the futuristic events, which is going to form the bulk of our study. Okay. So, I think that was a great way to end. Um, so, we are, we have done, we're done with chapter one. And in the next uh, episode, we're going to take uh, chapters two and probably get to chapter three uh, before the 30 minutes uh, it's over. Uh, if you have questions and comments, um, I don't think Anchor, uh, the podcast, can allow us to comment and question, but 
we can take the questions on social media. Uh, follow me across all social media platforms at Tolutopedada. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, at Tolutopedada. Uh, we can take questions there. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for listening. Let's just say a word of prayer as we wrap up. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for what you've allowed us to learn. We ask, Lord, as we ruminate over your word and prepare for your coming, we ask that you will help us, Lord, to be ready and make rapture in the name of Jesus. We will see you in your glory and will be changed and be with you in the air in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name of praise. Amen. God bless you. See you some other time.